0: Welcome back, everybody. Dave DeBo with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. I just realized I was supposed to give Sean a countdown or I forgot. Our guest today is an old friend, Sean Nelson. Old friend, young guy who's doing great things with real estate investing in my neck of the woods in the lovely Okanagan region of British Columbia, Canada. And Sean has done a variety of different things. And, and these days, he's more geared towards doing the buy, fix, and sell strategy. And it's going to be an interesting conversation because at the time that we're recording this, the market is not as hot as Sean has been accustomed to in the past. So we're going to kind of talk through what some of the challenges are doing flips in a softening market. So Sean, welcome to the show. Great to have you.
1: Thanks a lot, Dave. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, man. All right. So tell us briefly for folks who didn't see our last episode, which came out quite a while ago now, a little bit about yourself and your background and what got you into real estate investing.
1: Yeah, for sure. So right out of high school, I got into construction back in like 2007, mm-hmm. was framing houses for a number of years, then jumped into uh drywall contracting, boarding houses and whatnot. And didn't take me too long to see that would take a toll on my body. And then, yeah, somewhere in there, I tried some network marketing that kind of expanded my mind to like you know possibilities of making a good income and you know making over maybe a million a year something like that
0: did you do that with network marketing or open your mind to the possibility that it could happen
1: yeah no network marketing was it was a tough sell and it, it, wasn't it really is it I is
0: amazing do. for personal development though i mean i tell you what the 100%. network marketing is a very valuable experience from that point of view from sales training point of view from getting out there and hustling point of view, I've taken a crack at it myself. Yeah, it's it's definitely seems to be one of those situations where it's the upper echelons tend to make pretty darn good money. The lower echelons, no. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah, yeah,
1: I'd say so. And and like, it wasn't something I could really relate to. So when I found Flipping, my friend was reading a Flipping for Dummies book, kind of sparked my interest. And then from there, I started following Stefan Arneo's stuff that he's thrown out, read a couple of his books and yeah, got jumped right in.
0: Excellent. So when did you do your first flip? What year was that? Well, actually the first transaction was like a wholesale. Uh That was in 2019. Good. Time we're recording this is 2023. And what's your best guess on the total number of transactions you've done since first starting in 2019? So it
1: started to take off in 2020. Since then, I think we're we're on like our 12th one right now, but most- After that first wholesale, they were all flips, one rental, and mm-hmm. yeah, the, the flips usually take six to eight months. So, usually do one to two at a time, sometimes three. But
0: mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And with your background in construction and and that sort of thing, that definitely is a, a big help, I would imagine.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Like my thing is going to the properties, talking to the homeowners before we buy it. I know like kind of what to look for, mm-hmm. walking through the houses and whatnot. From the planning point of view, that helps a lot too, for sure.
0: And from the not getting completely ripped off by contractors, supplies, all that kind of stuff, it's very helpful as well. Whereas if you got a dunderhead like me that couldn't swing a hammer if my life depended on it, yeah, I'd, I'd be at a big disadvantage there. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely helps. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Sean. Well, let's. I know one of our things that we love to talk about is marketing. So let's talk a little bit about how you find your off-market deals, what's worked well for you over the years, what's working well for you right now in 2023 for finding motivated sellers. And then we'll we'll talk about what your strategy is for working in kind of a, a softening market.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, there's a whole like list of things that you can do to attract sellers, a lot of different marketing things. So I took a few you can throw out a lot of bandit signs like we buy home signs and they don't take them down which is nice yeah so over the years i've put out probably around 100 or so and most of them are still out there
0: wow like right in town type thing or in the outskirts or where all around oh yeah
1: salmon arm vernon and the outskirts Kelowna doesn't like them those ones got taken down (laughs) (laughs) but now uh, did
0: you ever did you ever get nasty calls from municipalities or city halls or anything like that saying, Hey, we're going to fine you a hundred bucks a day for every day that you got these signs up or anything like that.
1: Like Lake country near Kelowna. They, mm-hmm. they just called me and said, Hey, we took your signs down you can't have them up. We have them in our yard. You can come grab them. So it was actually a pretty good
0: experience. <laughs> That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. So I, I guess you've never looked through the bylaws and seen what the fines could be. It's all pretty much do it. And then ask for forgiveness afterwards. Kind of thing.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Like, and just looking around and seeing other businesses that have their signs up and they never get taken down. So like these communities are kind of friendly for that. You know, it's, it's kind of good for small business, right?
0: Yeah, that is. Now, do you have the typical but ugly I buy houses signs or did you get some pretty ones done up professionally?
1: Yeah, so I got some nicer ones done and they've been out for a while and I'm actually in the process of switching them over something that's maybe going to like catch the eye more or something. Maybe that looks like a garage sale sign or something. Cause that's what I notice all the time when I'm driving around. Right. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Go with, go with what catches the eye for sure. All right. So banded signs have been working for you. What, what else do you find works well for you?
1: Yeah. I have a, we buy homes website. Mm-hmm. It's not like a special name or anything. It's just, we buy homes, Okanagan. Uh huh. I put a bit of money into placing that on Google quite well. And when I get a lead from that, it's, it's a pretty good lead. Usually okay. people that really want to sell their homes or just like are in some weird situation. Today, actually, I got a call from a lady that had foundation issues in Vernon. And unfortunately, it went to my uh, junk mail, so I didn't catch that. Oh. <laughs> but she called me up a week later and yeah, going to check that out today.
0: So now you just got to check your junk mail more often.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I got <laughs> I got to be on top of that one.
0: <laughs> so basically, all right. So you're, you've got your I Buy Houses website You've done some search engine optimization around that. Does that mean you're also doing Google ads around that?
1: You can basically throw a lot of money at that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's hard to say how well it works. Like, that's mm-hmm. not my forte. So I've had to hire people for that. I've paid upwards of, uh, I believe, almost $1,000 a month at times, but I've had good results. And then I stop it for a bit and then see how it works, you know, for a while. And now I'm probably fired, like, ready to go again to fire up some of that. Cause like if you spend $10,000 promoting that and you can flip a house, that's going to get you a profit from anywhere to 50 to a hundred. It's worth it. Right.
0: Oh, by far. Yeah. It definitely. just hurts
1: at the time when you're not sure if you're going to get that lead. Right.
0: Yeah. There's no guarantees. Yeah. That's the challenging part of marketing. And the other challenging part of that is you don't necessarily know that the lead specifically came from a particular ad necessarily. If they're, if they're finding, unless you're getting them to opt into a lead magnet or something like that. So can be a little bit harder to track that way as well. Okay. So the website and some search engine optimization, some paid traffic. So the paid traffic, is that usually through Google stuff or is that through Facebook stuff or both?
1: I've only tried Facebook a handful of times, mm-hmm. didn't have much success. So I didn't really go that much further with it. I'm not saying it wouldn't work, Yeah, uh, that was just my experience.
0: Fair enough. Okay. All right. So there's a couple of things. What else do you do that works well for you, Sean? I know you're doing some, some other old school offline type stuff too.
1: Yeah. Just old school mail with yellow letters. I have some professional letters and just playing with it. Like the yellow letters usually we hand those out, but this area out here, it's like, it's not like we have a specific neighborhood in a big city where you can just Troll that like all the time and walk around and door knock. Right. The bad houses are so far and few between. I just kind of send them out in the mail and then wait on the phone and get a lot of calls, some angry, some good. But those have been like probably the best form of marketing for me.
0: So direct mail using the old, good old yellow handwritten looking type letter. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Basically something that someone's going to open up and it's not just going to get thrown in the junk like all the other flyers, right?
0: Right. So do you send that as a standalone or in an envelope itself? No, it's
1: just a folded letter. So it's not an envelope. I've considered the envelopes because they're a little more personal, but that'd be if I was just like specifically targeting a house. And I've done that before where I've driven around, seen like look for houses that kind of look like a rough house or whatnot, and Mm. then like cost money to pull the title and then mail directly to the owner, especially if they're not there. If I've dropped a couple letters off their door, I've done that a few times.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So out of the deals that you've done, is there any commonality amongst the sellers that you're working with, or is it kind of all sorts of weird and wonky situations? Wow. That's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's right out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code Podcast. That's right. Discount code podcast at investorattractionworkshop.com. See you at the next workshop.
1: Yeah. So you're always solving a problem. Otherwise, it's not a deal. And they're just going to deal with like a normal realtor or whatnot. And that's fine. Get a lot of those. Probably had the most been usually I get a lot of calls for closures, sometimes pre foreclosure, not like not a lot, but the ones that have worked have been that or divorce sales. Right where people just go in separate ways and they just want a done deal right another unique one with a couple was moving out of town and they didn't have to sell their house straight away so i did some form of option on that while i rented it or renovated it and they were just moving out of town and wanted a quick and easy for sure sale without marketing it
0: right yeah interesting a couple of things that have Happened since I started doing these daily podcasts and I'm interviewing a lot of real estate investors. I can't remember who I talked to. I'm pretty sure it was a flipper, though, who was, believe it or not, having really good results with newspaper ads. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought newspaper ads would be dead by now, but he said, you know what? A lot of my sellers are seniors who are downsizing, right? So they're moving from their big house into whatever. And I can't remember, but for whatever, or it's their their adult children or something like that. But anyhow, his target demographic was older and they still read the newspaper. So he was still getting really good results with good old fashioned newspaper ads, which should be theoretically cheaper than ever these days because it's such a dying medium. So that might be something you you take a look at, Sean. And I remember back in the day, that's a long time ago now, when most people read the newspaper, I would do my little classified, I buy houses ad. I would buy a display ad. I'd make it look exactly like a classified ad. I'd have it placed in the classified section of the newspaper. And I'd hand draw a circle around the ad. It said, I buy houses and then plunk, it would, it would show up right there. And it just, really really popped because it was so unexpected being the houses for sale by owner section or something like that and this i buy houses circled already circled ad in there got some good traction so you know who knows maybe that might that could be something that you try moving ahead
1: yeah i like that so someone's going to open the newspaper and be like hey who, who the hell wrote in here right
0: exactly <laughs> like, in fact my, on? one of my favorite stories was i got back when i was doing that i got this call from this lady and she said It's like a message from God. I said, what? She said, I can't believe it. Your ad, I saw it. It was already circled. And it's impossible. I don't know how anybody could circle this thing. Because I went and I bought the newspaper out of the newspaper dispenser back in the day when people would buy the newspaper kind of thing, right? And I never picked the top one. I always picked like the middle copy. And I pulled out this middle copy. And I really had to sell my house or do figure out something to do with my house and I open up to, you know, classified section. And there was your ad and somebody had already circled it. And I think I had it in blue ink too. So it really popped. <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to ruin her religious experience and tell her it was just a sneaky marketing trick. <laughs> but anyway, oh, yeah, the it, best. Does, it got some serious attention. That's for sure. Just working with another client who's doing something interesting as well, Sean. That that you might consider not my favorite strategy, but he's he is calling up expired listings. So he's actually calling them up on the phone. He's mm-hmm. I, I he's in the state, so it's a lot easier for them to access that kind of information. But I, I'm pretty sure there's a way you can do it as well. And he just calls them up and see if there's any. He's not just doing flips. He's doing like creative owner financing type deals and sandwich leases and, and that kind of stuff. But that's, that's what he's doing just to see if there's any flexibility there. And if, if there's any wiggle room, if they own it free and clear and willing to be the bank and this and that, and the other thing, I don't know if that fits well for the flip. Cause you need to get in there at, at a smoking price.
1: Oh, those are the it. best deals. Yeah. I've had a few of those owner financed ones. They're good. They work for flips too.
0: Okay, good. Well, that, that yeah. could be something you could look at as well. So, Especially anyhow, now
1: too, right? With the lower interest rates, like they had the lower interest rates and now I have to buy them with higher interest rates. So if they can act as the bank, maybe I can offer them more, right?
0: Yeah, maybe exactly. Yeah, you just have to crunch your numbers and make sure at the end of the day, it makes sense for, for both of yeah, you. That makes sense. Yeah, you could even do some kind of like a a joint venture type thing with them, profit share type thing on the end result where you basically yeah they they're the bank you just come up with the money for the renovations and you've got a baseline profit margin or whatever that, that you need to pay and you split the difference or something like that who knows right Lots yeah yeah
1: it depends yeah it depends who you're talking to right because you want to explain it to them in terms that they can understand sometimes I, like, yeah just try to keep it simple so it doesn't like because when people get over complicated right then they just shut down
0: oh like, for sure they, Right, so. Yeah, and that's why my preference was always just to see if there's any flexibility over the phone, and then get in there, meet them face to face, so they get yeah. to see what a friendly young fellow the Sean Nelson is, and you know, not be scared of you over the phone kind of thing. Anytime you can meet somebody face to face, it tends to work a lot better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, buddy, at the time that we're recording this, interest rates have gone up and property appreciation rates have gone down, especially from the craziness that was happening throughout COVID. You know, it was, it was go, go, go times when, when you started doing the flips in earnest in 2020, it was just like, you know, you could throw a rock and and make money in in real estate (laughs) at that point, but now it's tightened up a little bit. What are you finding the differences are and what are you doing to mitigate or minimize the impact?
1: Yeah. So like, Like anything with real estate, you always always win on the buy. So, like, I'm always trying to find, talk to owners directly, get stuff at wholesale because the more eyes that sees, like, more people that filter through a property, the higher the price gets. Yeah, right. So, normally, right now we're looking at like, say, an ARV. Like, it's actually it's kind of balanced out around here now. But when I was looking two months ago, I was looking at properties and then taking into consideration what the ARV would be, and then almost taking an extra five to 10% off of that just to be safe and then seeing if we could still fit it in our parameters. Right. Mm -hmm. But still just doing the same type of marketing, being cautious. And then also looking for like what we were just talking about is properties where people, the owners can act as the bank, because then I always tell them like, I can offer you more for your house. I'll be saving on the financing and all that. If, If we could put an option on your property while I fix it up, I'll pay, you know, I'll basically lease it and pay, pay a little bit of the holding costs if need be. And then on the exit, you'll be all squared up for that agreed upon price. And then my profit margin is over and above that. So that's like the most ideal type of opportunities right now, because worst case, they end up keeping the property and then- And it's all
0: spruced up. you fixed it all up for them for crying out loud.
1: Yeah. We wouldn't let that happen, but that's like the worst, (laughs) worst, best case for them, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then under that circumstance, doesn't matter if they got a mortgage or not right? I mean, really, it doesn't really matter because you're just optioning the property. They don't need to own it free and clear.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it just depends on what their uh, exits, like why they're selling. Are they selling to cash out to buy another property? Or a lot of the times if they've owned it forever, maybe they don't need the money right now. Mm -hmm. And they're working with me either just because it's some kind of problem property or like they know I can trust me really, right? So. Right. Yeah.
0: Are you doing any are you buying any properties off wholesalers? Are you buying any properties off frustrated landlords? Those kind of situations?
1: Yeah. So landlords sometimes. Landlords are kind of tough ones. Like I've I sat down with one a while back and where he basically had a whole bunch of like people doing drugs in his house. Like they were borderline. They were basically came off the streets to live in his house renting rooms. And he was a distressed landlord, but he wanted to take the renovations on himself. So I was like, yeah, hey, it's no problem. He asked me actually if I would live there and renovate for him. And I was like, no, I don't. (laughs) No, 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 thanks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no way.
1: Yeah. So frustrated landlords sometimes, but not, I haven't come across that too often, actually, to be honest, just mostly people that in like some, some of my best deals have been ones where people have inherited a house. Right. Right. And they live out of town. Like yeah. twice, I've had two people that have lived in Calgary, inherited a place here, didn't want anything to do with it, or they're just tired of paying the luxury tax. Right, it gets called. Yeah, for Kelowna, and they just wanted to to get rid of it. And at the end of the day, they they get what they want, and then I get a property that usually needs a bit of work or has tenants in there that are like not paying top mm. rents or whatnot, but you can still fix the place up.
0: Yeah, excellent. So, any any differences on the the selling side of things, or pretty much still your your standard?
1: Yeah. So we had two properties, well, three now, just recently sell one we freshly flipped and listed in November. That one was just bad timing. It it was a subdivision, like we subdivided a lot off and renovated the house. And that one we thought we were gonna like hit gold and profit like two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and that would have right. been in the... The top end of the market if we would have listed at the beginning of the summer last year Mm. but working with like fortis the electrical company and the natural gas company they were so understaffed and behind we were waiting for them to put all the services in so it pushed our listing to november when it was cooling off Mm. so we sat on that property until uh, actually about a month ago when we got an accepted offer and that one we ended up breaking even on, we paid our investors off. They made their money, but like, we wanted to make sure they were taken care of. And yeah, unfortunately we broke even on that one, but we survived the drop. That was the main thing. And yeah. We're free and clear now. And then. Ooh,
0: and yeah. yeah. Plus you got some happy investors that you kept whole who are hundred oh, very, very, very likely to reinvest with you again.
1: Yeah. Well, and like one, one investor was my business partner and I, so it was kind of like a different scenario cause he was active too. Mm-hmm. But in the end, like I had just, Told him I was like, hey, like let's just try to, we'll recover everything you put into it, and like you know I'm, I'm satisfied that we're just you know taking care of you, and uh, selling this place right because it and it wasn't the best holding property either because uh, it just had one unit in it, so
0: yeah, yeah, it wasn't going to cash flow anyway, anyway you looked at it kind of thing, yeah, very good. So lessons learned. Oh yeah. So well, for one, it was a great neighborhood, but.
1: It would have, that one actually almost would have been better, just almost wholesale. So once we got it, get the subdivision papers in, don't renovate the house and just sell it to another investor. That mm-hmm. probably would have been more ideal because that timeline was like 12 months. So the money cost us a lot. And then a lot, like real estate changes slowly, but that's a long enough period of time where it can change, right? So we right. were the end of the peak going out. And then also a second strategy as a backup plan to have two units in there so you can cash flow it. We were pretty confident with that one, but, and you know, stuff happened that was out of our hands moving forward though, definitely to have like a, a place with a secondary suite so we can at least cash flow it if we had to.
0: So Sean, what are the next 12 to 24 months look like for you? What are you planning on doing the same or different with your real estate investing?
1: Yeah. So always the same, like my idea out here, there's not a lot of wholesalers that I know of. So I always want to control the flow of, like, as long as I can be the first one to look at all these properties and be like the best marketer, the loudest in the area, that's my goal. Because then I can determine whether I want to wholesale a place, flip it, like burr it, looking at yeah. a lot of longer term holds because the the rental market's So they need more rentals out here, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah, I've been up in my social media game, just telling people what I do every day, shooting a reel out. Nice. Then also in the works with a coach out of Calgary, Sean Shuchuk, going to put a book together just about my my journeys as I've started out. Like I'm not necessarily a seasoned veteran, but I've done quite well over the last few years and I want to share
0: that. Excellent. Good plans. Good plans. And Sean, if people want to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, for sure. You can
1: find me on Instagram. It's uh, sean.d.n. Or Facebook Sean Nelson, and, and it's, uh, it, yeah,
0: it, it's the handsome young guy based in the Okanagan of British Columbia. Yeah. So- sounds sounds good, Sean. Well, thanks for being on the show. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate it, Dave. All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and